Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We have some exciting news that I think I shared a couple of weeks ago, but I'll go ahead and share again just in case you missed it. The Scattered Abroad Network is becoming a work associated with and overseen by the Memphis School of Preaching. I'm certainly uh, glad that that is taking place. That should be something that helps us tremendously as far as uh, getting the word out, so to speak, and uh, finding new listeners who support the uh, Memphis School of Preaching, and certainly thankful to be a continued part of uh, those efforts, and also to uh, be associated with the Forest Hill Church of Christ in Memphis, Tennessee, which oversees the uh, Memphis School of Preaching. So just wanted to briefly talk about that, mention that, and I'm very, very thankful to be able to announce uh, that. This is going to be the last episode of the current season of Everyday Christian. I'm looking forward to next month, January of uh, 2024, starting our brand new season of Everyday Christian. I'll go ahead and announce the topic for uh, that season. It's going to be The Struggle is Real. So we're going to be talking about everyday struggles that uh, Christians go through, and I hope that you'll join me for that season of Everyday Christian. But for this season, we're wrapping up. We've uh, kind of just had some random topics uh, throughout this season, as well as we've gone through uh, the rest of the general epistles, finished uh, basically an expository-type series of lessons on uh, the general epistles. Of course, several seasons back we talked about uh, James and then First and Second Peter, and this season was First, Second, Third John, and Jude. So we've also covered a few other topics this season, and one of those other topics is Preacher Survey Says, and I appreciate Michael Clark and Jameson Stewart. Both of those guys are involved in Scattered Abroad as well, and They joined me with uh, a couple of episodes there. This is the third edition of that, uh, Preacher Survey Says. Due to to our schedules, and uh, really it's at the time of recording this, we're getting down to the very end of the current season and then immediately turning around and getting ready to record for uh, next season. Uh, We're all very, very busy right now, and originally I was hoping that one one or both of those guys could join us uh, again for this particular episode, but we just couldn't make that happen this time. So it'll just be me today, uh, writing solo, so to speak. So this is, again, Preacher Survey Says Part 3. And I've really enjoyed these particular episodes this season, and uh, I've gotten some good feedback from some of our listeners on these particular episodes as well. I may, uh, in future seasons, eventually bring out some of this again. I don't know, <clears throat> maybe uh, revisiting this. But anyways, for now, this will be the last episode in this particular arc of Everyday Christian. I uh, think that it's important to make sure and, again, emphasize that hopefully uh, Everyday Christians as well as those Everyday Christians who are preachers can get along and work well together, uh, work well with our elders uh, and deacons and just uh, Everyday Christians in general. It's very, very important. I hope that we will uh, properly understand one another and uh, understand the role of preaching, etc. And, uh, you know, I I mentioned in the last couple of episodes of this that we were basically uh, taking some questions that I had asked on a preacher Facebook group and 
went through some of those responses, and uh, that was that. This time, uh, we're going to look at some responses, or rather some uh, some articles from something that uh, I was sent to my email. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But again, uh, I hope to encourage preachers who listen to this, as well as just general everyday Christians, to uh, work well together and uh, be mindful of encouragement that we all need, uh, especially those of us who are preachers. Please do what you can to encourage us, because uh, as we mentioned in the first episode of this arc, uh, preaching is definitely a roller coaster ride of highs and lows uh, of emotions, etc. So we could always use your encouragement. Now, I do want to offer a disclaimer on this particular episode, and that is that these two articles that we're going to go through, and I'm basically just going to kind of speak off the cuff as I read through these, they uh, come from churchanswers.com, which is affiliated with Tom Rayner, who uh, in the past served as the CEO of Lifeway Christian Bookstores. Obviously, that's a denominational resource. Uh, If you've listened to this particular podcast any uh, number of times, you've probably come across several episodes where we talk about how denominationalism is wrong, it's sinful, we do not approve of it at all. So uh, somehow I got on this email list. I I assume uh, I must have bought a book from Lifeway Christian Bookstores at some point, or maybe a Bible or something, and I got on their email list and they send me these out uh, occasionally. So I've read these articles they're pretty good articles to an extent. I, I don't agree with the titles of these articles, which I'm going to comment on in just a minute. But uh, overall, there was still some good value to reading these, and I wanted to share them with you as it pertains to thinking about the life of your preacher. So, again, as, as uh, a way of disclaimer, this goes without saying, but referencing these two per- particular articles is not an endorsement of Tom Rayner. Uh, or his denominational associations or beliefs. This is not an endorsement of that. But I do think that there's some value in going through these particular articles. So the first article that I'm going to look at, the title of the article is 20 of the Most Difficult Things, and it uses the term pastors uh, have done in ministry. Obviously, if I would have written this, I would not use that term pastor to describe a preacher. That's not the biblical uh, definition. Uh, Pastors are elders, according to the New Testament. So um, when they use the term pastor, I'm going to use the term preacher. So again, 20 of the most difficult things, and I would say preachers, have done in ministry. I thought this was a very interesting article. I'm going to go ahead and read through it and just kind of speak off the cuff about some of the things uh, that it mentions. The question was straightforward. What are some of the most difficult things you have done in ministry? I asked this question on some of my social media channels, so it was an informal survey. The responses were high, over 600 in the first eight hours. While the quantity of the responses was indicative of the challenges, and I'm going to use the term preacher's face, the main evident uh, in those responses was even more sobering. These 20 difficult challenges are listed by the frequency of the responses. In no way am I attempting to rank the pain or depth of these tragedies. By each difficulty, I offer a direct quote of one of the respondents. Some of the quotes have been modified for clarity. The substance of each of them was not changed. Here, then, are 20 of the most difficult things preachers have done in ministry. This is, again, Tom Rayner 
founder and CEO of Lifeway Christian Bookstores. Number one, preaching uh, to a church during COVID. Somebody said, the tragedy of 9-11, two decades ago, united us. The tragedy of COVID divided us. In 30 years of ministry, I have never seen so many angry church members. You know, that's true. 2020 and onward, and even to some extent still ongoing, uh, have uh, presented some tremendous troubling waters uh, that preachers have had to navigate and elders have had to navigate as well. Just keep that in mind. Difficult decisions were made. Uh, probably some decisions were made that should not have been made, etc. But uh, nonetheless, it was a very difficult time. And uh, unfortunately, there are still some uh, ripples from that time that are still affecting many congregations. It is true that I think some congregations have come back a little stronger than others, but still, COVID was a major thing, and uh, apparently that was number one on this list of 20 things that uh, preachers have had to, to deal with difficult in, in difficult ways. Number two, doing the funeral of a child. The depth of grief of the parents is the greatest I've ever known. I will never get over these tragedies. I remember each funeral like it was yesterday. Now, I have thankfully not have, I have never had to do the funeral of a child. Um, and that's something that I hope I never have to do. Um, it's something that I dread if I ever have to do it. And um, I can't imagine the the grief uh, in, in just trying to provide comfort to a family in a situation like that. I just, I cannot imagine it. Um, when I do funerals, and I've done, I've been preaching uh, since 2017, at least full-time. I uh, preached a little bit before I went to preaching school, but full-time since 2017. And uh, I've probably done around 20 funerals or so. And every time uh, after the funeral and after the family departs and all, all of that, just about every time without fail, I go home and I just collapse into bed and and take a very long nap. And uh, I think the reason for that is is that I do you know, empathize with those who are grieving, and I uh, I truly care about them, and I I want to help them uh, when I do those funerals. Try to give them support and comfort. Try to uh, bring up the right scriptures that will help them to uh, ease the pain of their loss. Um, of course, all the while knowing that really, uh, while the scriptures are definitely there for their comfort, and God is the God of all comfort, and that helps tremendously, at the same time, sometimes uh, when people are grieving, you, you really have to just kind of step back and let them grieve. And, you know, be there for them, help them, uh, help them with things like uh, their yard care that might have fallen behind, or doing the dishes for them, bring them some food, things like that. But... There's only so much you can do. Uh, really, they just need time to grieve. I, all of that said, I cannot imagine that process when it was a small child. That that has to be incredibly difficult. And um, like I said, I I hope I never have to do that. But uh, it's definitely something to uh, to dread and and very very sad for sure. So that's number two on this list. Number three, confronting a sex abuser. Uh, I, this person said, I had a deep sadness. When a person told me their dad had abused her and her siblings, I had an even greater sadness that the children 
would likely end up in foster care since the dad was a widower. So, again, something tremendously sad and uh, difficult to deal with, all of the, the ripple effects of something like that. But there are many preachers who have had to, to deal with things like that. Uh, number four, officiating the funeral of a, a teenager. Kind of really similar to number two. Uh, this one says, The death was so sudden. One day he is the well-loved captain of the football team. The next day he is a fatality in an automobile accident. Again, that's, that's just tragic. And uh, you, you certainly hate to, to see that. But uh, unfortunately... That does come with the territory, uh, being a preacher and, and needing to uh, officiate a, a funeral of, of a situation so tragic. And number five, dealing with toxic church members. What is most frustrating about toxic members I've had in my, in uh, this person says my church. I, I wouldn't use that terminology, of course. Uh, we should be talking about the Lord's church, but I know what he means. He means his congregation. Uh, that he's had in his congregation is the unwillingness of any church member to support me to deal with the situation. Uh, probably, if you, if your preacher has preached for any length of time, he's probably got a few battle scars. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Uh, I know that uh, there are a few that come to my mind, and uh, they're pretty difficult. And sometimes, and I'm very, very thankful that uh, I've been shielded tremendously uh, from some of the flack, if you will, by good elders. Um, but still, there are some battle scars that you're going to have uh, if you preach for any length of time. And some difficulties, there are there are some diatrophies in, uh, in the church sometimes. And uh, if you're not familiar with him, read 3 John. Uh, go back and listen to that episode or two uh, earlier this season. There are some diatrophies who love to have the preeminence, who love to cause problems, to split congregations, etc. And that's tremendously difficult to have to deal with as a preacher. Number six, telling a family that their loved one had been killed. So you see there's a common theme here. This is the third uh, uh, along those lines. This person says, She was in her 30s with three small children when I went to her home to tell her uh, that her husband had been killed in an auto accident. Oh, that, I, that, again, I just words cannot describe how difficult uh, that must must be. Number seven, being fired from the church. I thought my situation was unusual because I never heard a reason for my firing. I learned later that it was common in the ministry. And I'll add this, you know, you don't typically think of many jobs that just hire with no rhyme or reason, uh, fire rather. They fire with, with no uh, rhyme or reason, but it happens in ministry. Number eight, staying at my church. Um... This person says, I am on the verge of emotional and physical collapse. My doctor has pleaded with me to leave the church, but I don't know what I will do if I leave. Uh, if a preacher truly cares about uh, the people and the souls uh, in his congregation, then he's going to have a tremendous weight <clears throat> that uh, is constantly <clears throat> on his shoulders. And he cares about those people and... Um, if there ever comes a time where it's it's time to move on or what have you, uh, still that's a tremendously difficult decision for him. Um, one thing that I, I kind of want to preach a sermon on this, I haven't really done so, but um, it's I would probably title it The Burden of Preaching. You go back and you read the uh, prophets, and a lot of times they say the burden of, you know, the burden of Moab, the burden of Egypt, the burden of all these different places. If a preacher is preaching the truth, 
it's a burden in, in a sense that it's it weighs it weighs tremendously on him to make sure and preach that truth to preach it in love and uh, tell the people what they need to hear and so uh, absolutely uh, that's that's a difficult aspect of uh, preaching number nine uh, letting go of a staff member uh, I wouldn't tell the congregation all the sordid details of the firing so many of the church members turned on me so that's interesting. Now, I would say that this one should apply to elders, not preachers, uh, unless the preacher happens to be an elder as well. Um, but unfortunately, uh, as again, disclaimer, we're reading through uh, something that comes from churchanswers.com, and this is not an endorsement of churchanswers.com. So uh, unfortunately, they've got that a little off. Number 10, telling family members that their loved one had been shot to death. Wow, another one. Uh, it's been a while since I've read through all this, <clears throat> but uh, so you're kind of just getting my raw uh, reactions here. This person said, I have done six funerals for victims who had been murdered. The funerals were a mixture of grief, anger, and hopelessness. Now, should we feel hopeless? Well, no, we have hope, right? The Bible teaches very clearly that we have hope, uh, but sometimes we get to feeling that way even though we shouldn't. And, you know, you can you can go back and read through the Psalms, for instance, and, you know, David felt that way sometimes. Uh, Job felt that way. But uh, I guess just to say it this way, just because we know that we really do have hope doesn't mean that sometimes when we're in the trenches that we don't feel a little bit hopeless. And so uh, that's a sad one. Number 11, dealing with the emotions of the elections of 2016 and 2020. Okay, so that's an interesting one. The polarization of our nation for the two presidential elections was played out painfully each time in my church. Again, his congregation. I feared the same for the 2024 elections. And he's probably right because uh, next year I'm afraid that the uh, elections are going to be very, very bitter. I mean, they already are, but I think it's going to ramp up significantly next year. So we need to pray for our country. I just thinking out loud uh, on that. Number 12, doing the funeral of a suicide victim. So obviously this is a huge theme. Um, in fact, uh, this isn't the last time a funeral is going to come up on this list because the next one is two I'm looking at. But anyways, doing the funeral of a, a suicide victim. I've done three in my ministry, and I feel like I did poorly ministering to the families at the funeral. I was at a loss for the right words. <clears throat> one of the things that they told us in preaching school well, sometimes it's better not to speak, especially if you're afraid you're going to say the wrong thing, which could cause more more problem than, uh, than the good that you're seeking to accomplish. So sometimes it's best to just show up, give them a hug, let them cry on your shoulder, and just be there for them without really speaking. You know, uh, one of the worst things you can say to somebody who's grieving is, I know how you feel, because you probably have not gone through exactly what they're going through. So you probably don't know how they feel, and uh, it's just not the best thing to say to somebody who's grieving. Uh, number 13, doing the funeral for someone I did not know. I can relate to that one. Uh, these funerals are always a challenge because it is hard to personalize them, even if you ask the family for information. It's even more of a challenge if you have reasons to believe the deceased was not a Christian. Definitely the case... Um, you know, I have done a few funerals where I did not know the person very well uh, at all, and that makes it a challenge. You know, you want to try to go visit the family before the funeral and try to get 
uh, some information that you can then share uh, as you kind of you know eulogize. Uh, but there's only so much you can say, especially when you you didn't know them very well. In those instances, I try to. Uh, really every funeral, I try to go heavy on uh, the scriptures, of course, uh, but especially so if I really uh, just cannot speak to the, the person who who has passed away as well as I would like. Um, sometimes it's, it's better, uh, especially if you're a preacher who's only been there shortly. Sometimes it's better if maybe there's an elder uh, or someone else in the congregation who wouldn't mind doing the funeral uh, that knew them better. But I would say this as a preacher, uh, if again, if any preachers are listening to this, if that is the case and you end up not doing the funeral, still go to the funeral, right? Still go and show support to the family uh, if you can. Now, I know that sometimes there are conflicts, but generally speaking, try to clean your, your schedule for a funeral uh, if you can. Number uh, 14, closing a church. I felt like a total failure to God, to the community, to the heritage of the congregation, and to the few mem- members who were left. Number 15, working multiple jobs. Uh, this person says, My church thinks the salary they pay me is full-time pay, but it is below the poverty line. I work several side gigs just to keep food on the table for my family. You know, that's a shame. Uh, the Bible's very clear that those who... Uh, who uh, preach the gospel are to make their living uh, of the gospel. That's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe. <clears throat> and there are some other passages that, that teach that uh, as well. Uh, number 16, administering church discipline. My church knew we had to deal with an individual. We had taken all of the biblical steps up to removing him. Then they refused to go further. I know I will soon have to leave the church, that is the congregation, because this person is still unrepentant and active in the congregation. Again, there, there are some diatrophies that sometimes try to get in the church <clears throat> and have a my way or the highway attitude, and uh, oftentimes very prideful, oftentimes uh, backbiting behind certain people's backs, uh, perhaps even the elders' backs, and uh, splitting churches. And you cannot allow that to, to remain in a congregation. You've got to... Uh, remove that cancer. Number 17, losing a loved one. This person says, my daughter battled cancer uh, for three years before she died. It was so difficult to care for the church when I was hurting so much myself. I think that is important to bring up. Uh, preachers are people too. I think uh, I think it was uh, Michael Clark that brought that up in one of our prior episodes on this. Preachers are people too. And that means that sometimes we get depressed. Sometimes we are lonely. Uh, sometimes our wives are lonely, uh, etc. And so uh, we can hurt just as much as, as uh, everyday Christians can hurt. Uh, we may lose loved ones as well. Um, just I'll, I'll share a little bit of personal background. Uh, I lost a grandfather in 2017 uh, shortly before I uh, graduated preaching school. And he had said, you know, Chase, when you graduate, I'm going to come hear you preach. And I wish so much that I would have told him, you know, come preach, come come hear me preach now because you might not have that time. And sure enough, he did not have that time. And so I regret that tremendously. I, I really wish I could have reached him, um, but it, it didn't happen. Um, shortly after I lost him, uh, 2019, I think it was, I lost an uncle. 
And then 2020, I lost uh, a grandmother who I was very close to. And in that span of time, uh, really starting with the loss of my grandfather, even though I wasn't as close to him as I wish I was, was still around that time and onward, especially after losing my grandmother, I got into a thought process for a while that was really wearing on me. Um, I started thinking about my own mortality a lot, which, I mean, in a sobering way and in a humbling way, we do need to think of our own mortality, of course. Uh, but it was it was dragging me down, and for a little while, uh, I was struggling. Uh, just just to be totally honest, um, I hope it's okay for me to mention here. Um, if you're struggling in these sorts of of ways, go check out Weathering the Storm with uh, Drew Suttles, also uh, on our our podcast network. He did a season. I think it was a season before this current one, if I'm not mistaken. Unfortunately, uh, he lost his father. Um, his father took his own life. And he talks about this in great detail uh, in Weathering the Storm. He does a whole season on it and, you know, grieving through that process, etc. I think it'll help you out uh, if you go and check that out if, if, you're hurt, if you're hurting in this way. Okay, number uh, 18, leading a church that is not bearing fruit. This person says, uh, as I watch my church, again, his congregation, decline in numbers and in discipleship, I feel like a total failure. Every day I ask God to show me what I need to do, but the, de- but the uh, decline continues. Uh, sometimes congregations find themselves in neutral, uh, or even worse. Well, not really worse. Both are bad, but uh, also going in reverse, right? Uh, either way, it's not good. We need to be moving forward faithfully uh, as congregations of the Lord's Church. And uh, when preachers find that their congregations aren't, uh, it can be very, very difficult. Do you stay and keep fighting and try to get them moving, or do you move on? Uh, very, very difficult decision. Number 19, being uh, stabbed in the back by those who once supported me the most. I have sadly learned in four congregations that my biggest cheerleaders, when I first arrive at church, at a church, often become my biggest critics later. Wow, that's... Uh, that's pretty heavy. Um, I don't know what to say about that. That's That has to be tremendously difficult. And then number 20, uh, remaining faithful in the midst of opposition and false accusations. This reality seems more pervasive today than at any point in my ministry, that person said. So uh, I'm sure that would be very, very difficult as well. So the article concludes, these were the top 20 most frequent responses as I counted them. But there were more, hundreds more. Love your, and I'm going to use the term preacher, care for your preacher, pray for your preacher. So I think what we're going to do is we do have one more Monday next Monday. So I'm going to go ahead and stop here, and then we'll pick up that other article that I mentioned next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. But again, uh, the name of this article was... Uh, 20 of the most difficult things they say pastors, again, I would say preachers, have done in ministry. The only reason I go through this is because I want you to think about some things that maybe you haven't thought about uh, that affect preachers uh, in a difficult way. So, Lord willing, uh, I know we said this is the last episode, but think part one of the last episode, part two of Preacher Survey says, 
part three. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Part two of part three. <laughs> That's not going to work. But uh, the next part in this, ins- the next installment in this episode arc, Lord willing, will be next week, and we will finish up uh, this season of Everyday Christian Podcast. <laughs>